the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello. This may be the strangest broadcast you've ever heard because we're doing this right in the thick of the coronavirus uh, issue and uh, also right in the thick of the introduction to Resurrection Sunday. How can these two things cohabitate? There's a suspicion in the Christian realm that they can't. As soon as uh, the Lord's empowerment of resurrection is overlaid in this this virus, we're in, in, in trusting that it's going to minimize and disappear. So I, I, the remarkable two-hour show. The first hour is actually a pre-broadcast with uh, a man named Chris Mitchell. He's the CBN bureau chief in Jerusalem. We talked to him about the coronavirus and other things going on in Israel. So I thought I'd use that to set the stage for the second hour. But the second hour, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be prepared to call in and give your insights on coronavirus and the quarantine that has been going on. But also, God has maybe stirred you about a resurrection weekend that's going on right now. And so I'm going to be handing the uh, pre-recorded uh, taped into your ears. We're going to hand it to you, and you're going to listen to it and be amazed. But the second hour, we're going to open up the phone lines. Let me give you quickly the phone line phone number for the second hour, not the first hour, the second hour, 1-866-577-2473. 1-866-577-2473, or you could just do one 866 K-praise. Now, I'm going to blow the shofar to begin this two-hour show, and then we're going to engage Chris Mitchell and an interview I had with him just a few days ago about things that are going on parallel to the United States in Israel, including uh, how they're dealing with this coronavirus. Here's the shofar blast, which connotes resurrected life, and that's what we're going to be talking about today on the show as well. Here we go, my friends, the shofar and then Chris Mitchell's interview. And now I want to introduce my interview with Chris Mitchell, the CBN Bureau Chief in Jerusalem. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Come Together San Diego, a remarkable treat for you today. In this hour, we're going to spend time not only in San Diego County, but in a place called Israel, but in a place called Jerusalem, talking with a person who is the CBN Middle East Bureau Chief. His name is Chris Mitchell in and around Jerusalem. Hello, Chris Mitchell. Hey, Kaz. Great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. In San Diego and here in Jerusalem. (laughs) I know. Yeah, the the miracle of technology. Well, we have so much to talk about because there's so much going on in the news, and so much of that news, whether a person knows it or not, actually springs from, from or is birthed from 
the Holy Land, but more specifically Israel, and oftentimes more specifically Jerusalem. And uh, one of one of your uh, your callings is to create a broadcast called Jerusalem Dateline. So uh, the CBN people have you running around all over the Middle East to kind of keep tabs on things that are going mm-hmm. on right now. It's the, uh, the main story is the coronavirus, but uh, you dip into things that are going on in elections, uh, peace treaty things, uh, enemy influences, the surrounding neighbors, so much so. So would you like to start with the, probably the most predominant topic, and that's the coronavirus. Let's talk a little bit about the news perspective of the coronavirus and how, that, how you're seeing this from your uh, Middle East uh, bureau chief news desk, uh, Chris Mitchell. Sure. Well, you know, Kaz, as I've been thinking more and more about it, uh, this is sort of a, a epic um, change right now in the Middle East. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been here almost 20 years. When I came, the, um, the Intifada, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, was really the, the headline and really was the focus of all the news. And then since then, there have been many other major themes like the rise of ISIS, uh, the rise of Iran, and sure. possible nuclear Iran at the Arab Spring. But I, I think this is going to have such a huge impact, certainly here in Israel. And I'll give you an update on that. But also in the wider Middle East, uh, to give you an idea, Iran is the epicenter of the coronavirus in the Middle East. Uh, I've been hearing that the numbers, as bad as they are, are actually underreported. So it's having a huge impact on uh, the, the Islamic Republic. It's also having a huge impact on the Gulf states, Saudi Arabia, uh, the United Arab Emirates. And uh, this is an economic uh, hub and travel hub of the world. And it's it's been severely uh, affected by the coronavirus. Uh, And here in Israel, they're right now, and this is, uh, you know, well over a thousand cases, uh, approaching almost 2000 cases. Uh, We are basically locked down. And I just read a report the other day that there's like a billion and a half people that are sort of my, my. some form of quarantine or lockdown. And that's just, just an extraordinary number of the global impact of this uh, pandemic. Uh, so here people uh, have to stay home if they, uh, unless they're essential personnel. Uh, right now at least it seems as if the restrictions are going to get even tighter. Uh, when you go to a grocery store, you have to stay uh, a few feet apart from somebody, no, no more than four people in line. When you're checking out, uh, you know, I'm sure like many places in the U.S. in San Diego, you see people walking around with masks. Uh, the social distancing is really kind of odd. I was in a store last night and, you know, people were avoiding me. And you kind of think, My. well, I'm, I'm trying to avoid them, too. <laughs> uh, it's really just a surreal uh, experience. And who knew except the Lord that right. uh, this was going to happen, you know, just a few weeks ago. It's changed our lives. Uh, almost everywhere. Yes, you know, there's a scripture that we use, and I'm sure you use it frequently as well, as a fellow believer, as a fellow warrior, and that talks about that which the enemy meant for evil, God will use for our good. So, you know, there's a lot of, this this, uh, corona plague is rife with opportunities for evil, but it is also burgeoning with opportunities for good and goodness and godliness. Uh, Can you see a distinction there from different people, uh, you can actually tell their, to some degree, you can tell their religious convictions by the way they treat other people. Is, are you observing anything like that, Chris? 
Oh, very much so. And I, I think, you know, actually, you see it a lot, a lot online. Uh, you don't see it necessarily in personal interaction because that seems so limited right now. Uh, but you see how people uh, are responding. I, I want to share something that's quite redemptive. Uh, a friend of mine, Karen Covell from the Hollywood Prayer Network, uh, she sent me just a list of things you can do uh, to help people during this time. You can write an encouraging note to uh, to a friend, a family member, you know, have a, a Zoom meeting or, you know, Google Hangout or mess- Facebook Messenger. Uh, there is so many ways in uh, with technology to connect with people. Uh, call people that you, you know, you just the Lord puts on your mind. I did that earlier today. And at the end of the conversation, the person said, you know, thanks for calling me. I, I really, really encouraged them. I, I sent an email to a uh, uh, somebody that we interviewed just a few weeks ago, and uh, they too, it was a bit taken back by it, but very encouraged. So there are ways in the midst of this to redeem the situation, yes. to use it for good, uh, to help reach out to family and friends, to encourage them. You know, unfortunately, uh, during these times of increased stress uh, and and difficulties, you know, some people, we don't know where they're going to turn. Uh, could they turn to drugs? Could they turn to alcohol? God forbid they turn to suicide. I mean, people have, you know, that are prone to depression sure. or discouragement. Uh, you know, a, an encouraging call. An, an email really could make a difference in someone's life that, uh, that could be on the verge, uh, could be on the edge, so to speak. Yes. So we're talking with Chris Mitchell. He's a CBN Middle East bureau chief in Jerusalem and thereabouts. And Chris, one of the things, you're a solid believer. I've known you for long enough to know that uh, this is your whole focus is based on your relationship with the Lord. And uh, I'm honored to have you spend a little time with us. Let's talk just a little bit on the same topic of the coronavirus, but the parallels between Israel and America. You're no stranger to America. (laughs) So I'm sure one of the things that you like to do is to look at the similarities and differences. It's interesting that uh, your biggest enemy um, and ours as well in the the natural uh, calls you, Israel, the little Satan, and the United States, the big Satan, so a lot of people, even the enemy, probably sees the dangerous parallel, and we think a positive parallel, between Israel and the United States. But what are you seeing uh, as the common denominators here? Obviously, this is a worldwide uh, pandemic, so obviously other nations are entering into this challenge as well. But I, I find it interesting that there are a number of nations that have pieces of the solution for the uh, coronavirus and one of two of the early forerunners were Israel and the United States. So, uh, what what common denominators do you, do you see? We've got about two or three minutes left in this segment, a couple minutes, and then we'll continue our conversation on the other side of the break. Chris Mitchell. Well, that's a great question, uh, Kaz, and and you're right. I think the Israel and the U.S. were on the forefront of uh, possible vaccines for the coronavirus. We were up there in a place called Kiryat Shamona. It's near the Lebanese border. And a research facility called Migal uh, had been working for four years on a vaccine for the coronavirus in poultry. And uh, once they found out that the coronavirus was spreading, they realized that it was actually genetically comparable to the coronavirus in humans. And so they are Hopefully, they are racing to try to find a vaccine. They hope to have that probably within a few weeks. 
and uh, and then after that they're going to have testing, and they hope they can be one of the ones, uh, hopefully, to really provide a vaccine that would protect people around the world for this. So you're right. Uh, both Israel and the U.S. have been in the forefront of the vaccines and, and the medication to try to combat this uh, this scourge. Yes, I, 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 I've been tracking that story a little bit, too. It's remarkable to me that they they needed to do some test, uh, a, a test virus. And this was years ago. And they began they said, well, let's just do the c- coronavirus for poultry. And all of a sudden, now is the time where that, you know, they could have used a different uh, virus for their test, but they chose the coronavirus. And, you know, we, you and I, we go, this is a God thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They had a four-year head start on the rest of the world. My, my, my. So, Chris, I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's take a break right now and come back, because uh, we have so much more that we want to talk about. Uh, we'll continue for a little bit of our discussion on the coronavirus, but we want to talk about, you know, there's elections going on in the United States, and guess what? There's elections going on again and again and again in Israel as well. We want to talk a little bit about that on a broader scale, because the, the, these elections have national and international impact. So we're going to talk about some of those things as well, and the coronavirus, and peace treaty, and uh, enemies within and without (laughs) Chris Mitchell of the CBN Middle East uh, Jerusalem Dateline and other broadcasts. He's the bureau chief there, and uh, we'll talk more about those things and more. Are you game for that, Chris Mitchell? Sounds great, Kaz. Okay, then Chris and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Back again, Come Together San Diego, and uh, we're not only broadcasting to you my friends from San Diego, but oh yes, from a place called Israel, from a place called Jerusalem. My co-host for this hour, Chris Mitchell, the CBN Middle East Bureau Chief in Jerusalem. So what a thrill to talk about things, but also there are a lot of things going on that have parallel paths in the United States and in Israel. Of course, this one thing that we're talking about now is the coronavirus, and that has not only a parallel path in Israel and the United States, but globally. Well, comparing Israel and the U.S., I I think there's a similarity between Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and U.S. President Donald Trump that have really approached this. Uh, I think in both circumstances, you see strong leadership and uh, and people that are both leaders that are used to uh, making difficult decisions. And I I think both of them are just uh, having extraordinary uh, historic circumstances thrust upon them, almost sort of like a Winston Churchill moment for them. My, that, my. Uh, literally so many historical things are, are hanging in the balance between the health of a population and whether this could, you know, ruin economies and people's lives. It's such a pivotal moment that prayer is so needed. Uh, from a biblical point of view, I think, you know, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Pray, as uh, Paul said in Second uh, Timothy, pray for our leaders and those in authority that we would lead a peaceable life. And certainly they need that wisdom from above, uh, perhaps more than ever right now. I suspect that the Holy Spirit is stirring some specifics in you, especially for those who are on 
uh, different levels of relationship with the Lord or don't know him at all. Yeah. Uh, a, a quick thought on that, because I want to use this as a transition into other things as well. I, you know, it's a hard thing because people are suffering. Uh, you know, uh, tragically, people are dying or getting sick. Thankfully, most people recover, but it's it's having such a profound impact on, on people's lives and the economies. In the midst of this, uh, you know, I think God wants to redeem the situation, uh, draw people to him, uh, draw people closer to him, and uh, somehow, uh, you know, bring revival and bring uh, good out of this. Yes. And so in the midst of it, I, I just think it's important to keep looking to the scriptures, keep looking up. Uh, I think Jesus said, you know, when you see all these things happen, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. <laughs> uh, and so it's, I think that's um, critical at this time and a very, very important time to draw closer to the Lord and closer to each other. Yes. One of the great directives of the Lord, Old Testament knew, <clears throat> love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. We're in, in a very real way with this, the... Uh, policies and things like that. We're being forced to love our neighbors. We've probably seen more of them uh, walking their dogs or, uh, or yeah. exercising, you know, these days than maybe we have in our, our lifetime because we're so busy with our myopic viewpoint of life and business. Yeah. So this is an opportunity if we can take that. And uh, so I agree with you wholehearted. Give us kind of an oversight of how you have to deal with these. You know, you're dealing with the politics, but you're also dealing with Scripture. And how do you personally find that balance uh, between that and, you know, just good, uh, solid news that may not be necessarily tied to Scripture? Although you and I know, Chris, every time you, there's a significant news event, you can dig in Scripture and you can go, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, in our reporting, uh, it's it's and I, I remember a, uh, a meeting many years ago at CBN about uh, I think it was Bob Slosser, who was a, a New York Times editor at one time. And he was the uh, the head of Regent University at the time. It was called CBN University, where he made the point that, you know, the Bible is a legitimate source. So if you do any an archaeological story and, and they find a seal uh, that has the name of somebody from the Bible, that's a legitimate uh, talking point or, or uh, thing to mention in a news story that, you know, many people, many of the Jewish people in that region in Israel see themselves as uh, living out uh, biblical prophecy. So I, I think you can uh, quite easily here in Israel and the Middle East uh, incorporate what the Bible says uh, about what's happening. And, and just let me add this one point, Kaz, uh, it, as we've talked about, you know, as we look at prophecy and try to understand prophecy, it's not just a, a, a story, sort of a sterile puzzle to put together, but real lives are being affected. Is the other thing about the Middle East, it's very easy, I think, and, and I, I say it as well. You see one more uh, terror attack, one more suicide bombing, and you just say, well, uh, I don't understand it all. It's just sort of like a muddled mess. Yes. Uh, but one thing to humanize is uh, to just to humanize the people that real lives are at stake uh, in, in this geopolitics and, uh, and try to remember that people realize, uh, just like you and I, uh, maybe a father trying to provide for his family, a mother trying to protect her uh, children, uh, real lives are at stake here. 
and uh, and just to remember that as we look at the news. Uh, Jerusalem Dateline, uh, how can people find that? Is it uh, CBN exclusively, or is there YouTube? Are there YouTube representations of this? How can people find out more about this Jerusalem Dateline? Uh, the main thing they get JerusalemDateline.com. It comes out every week, and you can also go there and subscribe to it, and you'll get it in your inbox every uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. Yes, and uh, that's an easy way to go and. And uh, if you're wrapping up here, Kaz, I, I just want to remind people uh, how, how much prayer makes a difference here. To pray for the peace of Jerusalem, to pray for the peoples of the Middle East, uh, it, it really makes a difference in, uh, in what's, what's happening here. And I think that's a, a biblical—if talking about Bible, that's a biblical command uh, from the Lord, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I've got, we've got a few minutes left in this, so I'm going to take this opportunity to throw just little phrases of, of, of different things that have gone on recently, because I'm a, a guy sure. who loves what's, what's going on in Scripture as well. And, and you, can, you may choose to major on one or the other. We we'll just have a few minutes. But, you know, as I sure. look at the discoveries... Come on, Chris Mitchell. The discoveries that are going on in the Holy Land, a lot of people, you know, that uh, are doing digs and archaeological things like that, they go, we need to follow the archaeological facts. And I'm going, why don't you step back and look at the scripture, which will uh, identify these facts before you discover them. And, you know, many archaeologists really do use the Bible as a key mm-hmm. descriptor on where things are, where things have been. For example, the Copper Scrolls, uh, fr- friend Shelley Neese and uh, Jim Barfield, they, mm-hmm. they're doing right. some excavation things about the, the, the Copper Scrolls, which really are a template for discovering other things. So they're going to be on the show uh, in 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 you know soon so this is something that uh, has always been interesting to me and the other discoveries like uh, they discovered an area about Edom uh, discovering Edom of the Bible mm-hmm. and the scripture that talks about and the Edomites shall come to know me says the Lord who does these things in Amos nine eleven. And then uh, Elisha's house, not Elijah, but Elisha's house, uh, just mm-hmm. south of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee, discovered. Are you kidding me? Come on. And then in, in the city of David, uh, the, the different uh, things that are, have found and the walkway from the Shalom Pool up, you know, the, the Hill of Descent and things like that. Yeah, well, I would, I would mention uh, two things. Uh, you've referred to one already, the Pilgrimage Road from the Pool of Siloam all the way up to the Temple Mount. They're excavating it now. Uh, it's one of the major discoveries in Jerusalem, and this is a place that the Jewish guides will tell you as well. Jesus walked on from the Pool of Siloam. You can look at John chapter 10, where he healed the blind men, and uh, this is what Jews did 2,000 years ago. They walked from all the way to the Pool of Siloam up to the Temple Mount. Another one that is just stunning is up in Magdala, right on the Sea of Galilee, They've discovered a first-century synagogue, and you know the Bible says that Jesus preached in all the synagogues around the Galilee, yes. and uh, this is from the first century. Uh, you, you can't prove it, but almost undoubtedly, uh, Jesus preached in this synagogue. It was discovered in about 10 years ago, and left really uh, just under a few feet of soil for 2,000 years to be discovered, uh, and it's just remarkable what is happening in the last 20 years that I've been here, <laughs> these uh, ancient discoveries that prove the Bible. It's yes. amazing. My listening friend, Chris Mitchell, and I have only scratched the surface, and so I, I, I love Chris. He, he's in the thick of things, but he's, he's war-tempered, <laughs> so to speak. So <laughs> we're going to find out more from the Jerusalem point of view and the 
San Diego point of view and how they merge together when Chris Mitchell and I come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hi, San Diego. This is Pastor Larry Peltier of Beach Chapel, Encinitas. Lord, we pray for grace and favor for all of San Diego, all those who are homeless, who are sick, who need help. We just thank you, God. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hello, my friends, and back again with Chris Mitchell. He's the CBN Middle East Bureau Bureau Chief uh, in Jerusalem, working with CBN, the Christian Broadcast Network, and we have an opportunity to spend a little bit of time with him in Jerusalem. And Chris, it it was interesting having you tell us some insights about the elections in Israel and the different vying parties, and it's real easy for many people in the United States to draw a similar parallel. Further closing thoughts on that before we jump into other topics, Chris Mitchell? Well, you know, uh, it's it's a great time to be praying for leaders and for stable governments uh, during this time. Uh, as, you, as we talked about, there are political elements that may have their own agenda during these uh, this crisis, uh, global crisis, and particularly here in Israel and the U.S. And I think it's a great time to pray that our leaders would be on the same page, that they would be, uh, you know, uh, pulling in the same yoke, that they would be yoked together, evenly together. And that would be, I think, a great prayer so that we could all be pulling in the same direction. Yes. And on the surface, I mean, sometimes there's glimmers of hope in that. In the United States, uh, President Trump is working in tandem with the governors of all the different states. And even he's he being a Republican, there are Democratic governors of different states as well. And there seems to be a concordance or a harmony in some areas uh, when when you know when disaster is facing the United States, there is some pulling together. So in that light, uh, this bantering back and forth about how terrible Trump is or how wonderful Trump is that has taken second seat to this uh, urgency and emergency at hand. So uh, I'm, I suspect you're seeing similar things. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, there are there are places and uh, groups that seem to be working together and uh, in being a one accord. But also, even in the health services uh, area, where some groups are, they want their own agenda, and they sort of are keeping other health services to the sidelines, when it should be a sort of a exactly. all-hands-on-deck uh, mentality. So, yes, yeah, yes, yes. see it here as well. Yes. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That was a comment you made earlier, and I agree wholeheartedly, which actually inspires a next subtopic that I'd like to chat with you about. Right now, the whole idea of the peace treaty is put on semi-hold, in particular, because of the coronavirus and other pressing issues. But it is not the forefront, but is very close to the forefront, because this peace treaty that Trump has introduced carries a lot of dunamis, a lot of dynamite within it in a symbolic sense. Um, You know, a two-state solution versus a one-state solution. You want to kind of give an overview on where we were with the peace treaty before everything was halted because of the coronavirus? There was, uh, you know, a triumphal uh, unveiling of the the 
peace treaty there with President Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, several weeks ago. We had the opportunity to interview one of the architects of that, Jason Greenblatt, who worked, uh, he spent three years of his life working on this. Uh, it's quite an extensive uh, plan, very much detailed, and has a map, which is something uh, very real. I don't know if any other peace plan uh, had that. Uh, it's very um, agreeable, I think, to a lot of Israelis uh, who see it as a uh, Putting, putting Israel in a place that many other peace plans uh, really didn't. Uh, there was a sort of a mantra back when uh, George Bush was uh, sort of negotiating between Israelis and Palestinians, you know, two states living side by side in peace and security. Uh, but was sometimes what they didn't uh, recognize, that, you know, one of those states or entities really um, quite publicly was asking for the elimination of the Jewish state. Uh, and what I'm referring to is uh, comments from Fatah, which is the main political group uh, with the Palestinian Authority and uh, people that will say one thing in Arabic and another thing in uh, English. Yes. Uh, that makes you believe, uh, you know, for Western media and consumption, it may sound like a very uh, <clears throat> agreeable party that they want to have this peace and security. But when you look on the other side and what, what is said in Arabic, by Palestinian uh, Authority officials, by Palestinian uh, Authority um, uh, imams in, in their mosques, you, you see a, a whole different story. And often we have interviewed somebody named Itamar Marcus from the Palestinian Media Watch, who monitors the Palestinian media day by day. And uh, there's just a whole a night and day difference between what they say in uh in Arabic and what they say in English. And so this peace plan, I think, took that into account. And they wanted the Palestinian Authority to renounce terrorism, uh, to acknowledge uh, Israel as a Jewish state. And uh, these are some preconditions that are looking for from either Hamas in the Gaza Strip or the PA and in, uh, in the West Bank uh, to agree to. And if that did happen, then then there would be massive economic influx of investment, 50, up to $50 billion, yes. to improve the lives of Palestinians. So there's a great um, emphasis on economic development. Uh, there is a, a profound uh, impact on, on Israel, in particularly Judea and Samaria, uh, which the United States, for the first time, has really recognized uh, to a degree that never— no other, I think, administration has ever done. Yes. Uh, they recognize Jerusalem as uh, Israel's capital. They do allow for a Palestinian capital uh, outside of the, or sort of within the city limits of Jerusalem, but certainly not uh, the old city. That but is, isn't that just on the other side of the uh, restraining wall? Was it just on the uh, west side, is it? That would be the east side, I believe. The east side. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very much, uh, very close within sight of Jerusalem. But, uh, you know, we were over there and we interviewed uh, the mayor of Abu Dis and uh, they rejected out of hand. And the whole plan has been rejected by Mahmoud Abbas and the official uh, officials of the Palestinian Authority. Yes. Uh, so that was all the sort of the scenario before the coronavirus. Now yes. that is on hold uh, the West Bank is shut down. Bethlehem is shut down. The coronavirus has really just consumed 
the life of everybody here, whether it's in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, or Israel proper. It's um, it's really taken uh, the peace plan, put it on the back burner, at least for now. But when yes. it comes back, uh, we'll see what happens. Well, let me. Th- this is a good launching point for me to ask you a personal question as a believer. You know, we as believers, we have uh, our eschatology is right, left, up and down. Who knows what many different people believe different things. And each one of us can have our pet scriptures and say, see, this scripture says that this is going to happen. Well, one of the things that uh, is a, a, a f- in, the, in the front uh, of discussion is the dangers of <clears throat> land for peace. And if you look at the peace plan, uh, Trump's peace plan, there is an element there, depending on how you interpret it, that there's the land for peace. Obviously, the settlements uh, stay in Israel hands and some other areas in the Jordan Valley and things like that. I mean, but but the the, whatever the word is, the settlements or the communities uh, of the Palestinians stay there as well. I mean, there's some interesting things that some people can interpret land for peace. Now, here's the question for you, Mr. Wise Man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that lovingly because I can tease you just a little bit. But uh, the, the land for peace scripture is pretty demonstrative that if you're wanting to give up land for peace, this is a violation of God and his handing over of the promised land to his kids. Some people speculate Believers speculate this coronavirus has something to do with the uh, a plan that will divide Israel where it shouldn't be divided. Have you heard that? And what are your individual personal thoughts without violating uh, any of your journalistic prowess on that? <laughs> well, that's a great question, I guess. Um, I have heard that, uh, and I'll say I've heard it once uh, from a, a friend of mine who believes that Maybe this coronavirus will lead to the expansion of Israel's borders. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, but I think this coronavirus is so uh, consuming, so profound, uh, so epic, uh, that I would put it in more of a category of this is what Jesus said when there would be birth pangs on the earth. Yes. Um, I'm looking over from my office right now to the Mount of Olives, and that's where he said it about 2,000 years ago that when you hear wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquakes in various places, uh, you know, look up for your redemption, draweth nigh. Very now, good. whether or not this fits actually into, you know, a prophetic um, detail, uh, I, I don't know. Yes. Uh, can, may, maybe I, we can talk a little bit about this in the last segment when we summarize everything we've said. But I, 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 in fact, this has always been in, in an interesting topic for me about the birth pangs and the things that have to happen to wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, and in diverse places and things like that. All these things are happening at such a, a magnitude and such a frequency now that we have to pay attention. We're going to talk a little bit about that, Chris, in the last segment, if you would be so kind. Um, because we're in times where Christians need to be aware, and God may want to put them in different places of influence. So we're going to talk about those things. Chris... I'm excited to have you join me for the last segment so that Chris and I will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And 
I am back with Chris Mitchell, the CBN Middle East Bureau Chief in Jerusalem. We're having just an engaging conversation, and I know you've been tracking with at least some of the content, and then other contents you have to put kind of on a shelf and see how it aligns as things move forward. But that's what a Christian life is supposed to be about, receive all things with readiness of mind, and then search the Scriptures daily to see if these things are so. So, Chris... We were talking about the peace treaty, but I also want to give you an opportunity to give your overall perspective on things from a fellow believer's perspective. Well, you know, the peace treaty, uh, like we expect when the pandemic is over, and we have no idea right now in the midst of it how long it will last and what lasting impact it will have on the U.S., uh, in Israel, and the peace treaty. And, and of course, we also have elections coming up in both countries, uh, the U.S. uh, in November and here in Israel, you know, when and how a coalition government is formed uh, is remains to be seen. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And, you know, overall, I think we're living in extraordinary times. And to see the impact of this global pandemic uh, on literally billions of people, uh, I don't think I've never seen anything like this in my life. It affects my daily life in a way that I had no idea it would uh, just a few weeks ago when I go to the grocery store, I'm wearing a mask. So and then you look at the global, you look at your micro world and that's changed profoundly. And then you look at the macro, you look at what's what it's done to Israel and the and the region and the Middle East. Uh, and it's just extraordinary and, and the whole world. And it, as we mentioned, to me. It does fall into that category, you know, that what Jesus said, you'll, these are the signs of the times. Uh, and when something this profound, it goes around the world, I think you have to search the scriptures, as you said, uh, to see if these things are so. Yes. And uh, I think, and if I can just add, you know, I wrote a book a few years ago, Kaz, it was, it's called ISIS, Iran, and Israel. And at the time, you know, people here in the Middle East, for sure, and around the world, we're really concerned about ISIS. Now, thankfully, that sort of threat yes. has been reduced uh, significantly, and they're a shell of what they were before. But people were quite concerned. And so what I wrote, and it, I, it, something said, preparing for the days ahead, and I wrote 10 things, and I'll just list them briefly. First, watch and pray. Second, develop intimacy with the Lord. Third, hide the word in your heart. Fourth, look up. Fifth, join with believers. Sixth, draw close to a family, to your family, and develop a small trusted group with whom you can pray. Seventh, give and prepare for others. Eighth, invest in eternity. Ninth, holiness and humor. Tenth, develop a kingdom perspective. And those are just things I thought that we needed to do in light of the ISIS threat. But also, as I mentioned in the book, you know, our lives, personal lives, can be so fragile. Uh, yes. We could get laid off. We could get a diagnosis of cancer uh, or something like this that just sort of puts us all in the same boat where we're trying to figure out what's next and how do I survive and uh, how could I thrive and yes. how do I help my family, how do I help my neighbors, what's my role as a believer. All these questions uh, are facing us right now and, yes. and how do we respond and I, I ended it actually in something that, um, and I also, um, I took heart from my mother and my father. They went through World War II. My dad was in the Army. He was uh, part of a medical unit, 
served in North Africa, Sicily, and Italy. And uh, when my mother passed away, we found 72 letters that my dad had written to my mother. And uh, we read those letters, and it was just a, a, a combination of a love story between Mitch, my dad, and AJ, my, my mother. Uh, but it was also a, a, a sort of a chronicling of the history of World War II and how they survived. And I think we're in a war as well. Yes. It's an invisible enemy. It's a virus. We can't see it. But it has uh, affected all of our lives. And I think we can take heart and look to those people that survived world wars and uh, and look to them. And also, I ended that particular chapter with something that Winston Churchill said. And he said at the end of the speech uh, in the parliament, let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth lasts for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. And I think hopefully people can look back to see how we responded to this particular war and say this was our finest hour as well. Very good, Chris Mitchell. I'm going to give you a comment here and allow you to take the remaining time, <clears throat> which is about four minutes or so, and who knows how long my setup is going to be. It may be three minutes and uh, 58 seconds, so you have two seconds to give your summary, but I don't <laughs> think so. But I, I want to, there's a phrase that you talked about earlier about birth pangs and labor and I, I want to, you know, my friends, if you're uh, anxious, if you look at the world stage and you see different things coming to pass, Jesus spoke about this in the Olivet Discord, Discourse, not the Discord, the Discourse. And and uh, he said about wars and rumors of wars and when they start happening, particularly with great frequency, beware because the time is at hand. And so what we have to do is we have to go, are these uh, birth pangs or are these false labor? And so... I think one of the things that God wants us to do is to take these things as birth pangs for, you know, the bottom line, the back end of this thing is Jesus Christ is coming back for ruling and reigning with his church for a thousand years. So that's the great stuff. A few things have to happen between now and then. So mm-hmm. I want you to, from your Christian perspective, Chris, I would like for you to speak consolation and peace into our listeners mm-hmm. uh, as we conclude this show, because birth pangs are happening. And I have a suspicion that they're no longer false labor. These things are real, and there's appointed times uh, on our immediate clock. So would you be so kind to take uh, a couple minutes to bring this to a close and pray over our listening people from a a man who is not only uh, loves America but loves Israel as well? It will be impactful, I'm sure. Chris Mitchell, CBN Middle East Bureau Chief. Yeah. Well, a Jewish friend of mine said the other day, he wrote to me the other day, and he said, maybe we're in a Tower of Babel moment uh, when God is rearranging so many things. Uh, for those that may want to remember, in uh, Tower of Babel was when uh, back in the book of Genesis, they were building a, a tower up to heaven, and God confused their language, and they couldn't finish that. Well, now there's so many things that are disrupted in our lives. And you mentioned, uh, Cass, you know, are the, is this false labor or birth pangs? It certainly feels like a birth pang to me. But I think people need to know that in the birth pangs, uh, Jesus is in the delivery room. And he will never leave us or forsake us. And he promised that. And, uh, and I think we need to take heart. And as he said, when these things happen, to look up for your redemption, draweth nigh. And it also says in the word that, you know, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus 
the author and the finisher of our faith. And so I, as you've invited me, I'll go ahead and end in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much that you have sent your word to comfort us. You have sent Jesus to go before us and uh, prepare the way for us. And you said that he would, you would prepare a place for us, and we can look forward to that. But in the midst of trouble, in the midst of birth pangs, in the midst of coronavirus pandemic, you're here with us. And so I pray everybody that can hear this right now would take comfort that your word says, and you promise that you would never leave us mm. or forsake us. So I pray for your presence by the Holy Spirit would give people peace that passes understanding and Lord comfort their hearts and Lord help them not look at the, at the storm right now that we're all going through, but look up to you that you are in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the delivery room. And again, you <laughs> yes. promised never to leave us or forsake us. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Chris Mitchell, uh, why don't you just give a, a way that people can f- view your broadcast and also any other uh, CBN broadcasts that uh, include your uh, involvement. Chris Mitchell, CBN uh, Middle East Bureau Chief, uh, Jerusalem Dateline. This is broadcast on CBN. Uh, I, sometimes I check out pieces of that on the Internet as well. Would you give just a moment on how people can access Chris Mitchell and your CBN reports? Sure. They can go to CBNnews.com. Uh, Jerusalem Dateline is on there. If you want to go directly to the show, you can go to JerusalemDateline.com. And right now we've been doing uh, Facebook Lives about uh, during this coronavirus, trying to read Scripture and pray for people, give people an update of what's happening here. So you can go to our Facebook page on Jerusalem Dateline. And uh, so those are all ways that you can uh, find out what we do. And we want to be able to help people be like the sons and daughters of Issachar, (laughs) who the Bible says they understood the times. They know what Israel should do. And we want to help people have that biblical perspective of what's happening here in Israel and the Middle East and around the world. Thank you, Chris Mitchell. And my listening friend, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, hour period of time together to communicate what's going on in Israel and in the United States. They're on a parallel path in many ways. Chris Mitchell, thank you for joining us. And check out Jerusalem Dateline uh, with Chris Mitchell, CBN Middle East Bureau Chief. Thank you, Chris. And let me leave you with a phrase that is uh, a common comment for people who love Israel. And, uh, and that is, Chris Mitchell, see you in Jerusalem. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Chris. Look forward to it. <laughs> God bless Thanks, you. Guys. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ San Marcos Poway and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1 North County. AM 1210 San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. My friends, what a remarkable first hour, huh? Well, Chris Mitchell with the uh, Middle East uh, Bureau Chief with CBN, uh, Christian Broadcast News. Uh, and he was giving some insights on things that are going on, coronavirus, peace treaty, and the elections and things like that. Very insightful. But this was, I knew we were going to do that pre-recorded. I knew it was going to set the stage for what we're going to do now. Welcome to the Saturday before what we call Resurrection Sunday. 
And I thought we would have an opportunity now to open phone lines and have you give some insights, not only uh, on experiences tied to the virus and and um, how you have been set aside, quarantined, and maybe have some biblical things that happened to you. But also, I want you to give some kind insights about Resurrection Weekend into which we fall right now. But uh, I'm going to give the phone number, but I already have a couple of people on the line because I already knew uh, we wanted to deal with some of their insights as well. But let me give you the phone number to call in throughout this hour, one 866 577-2473. Once again, 1-866-577-2473. Or you could go 1-866-K-PRAISE. 1-866-K-PRAISE. So we're going to open the phone lines now through the end of this hour and talk about things dealing with uh, your quarantine and also uh, Resurrection Weekend Insights. So I want to bring on Billy Alexander. She's with Limitless Realms International Ministries and an author and friend also tied to Limitless Realms International Ministries and so many other things she's written for the Elijah List and other things as well, Elaine Haynes. Billy Alexander, are you there? I can Yes, yes, yes. I know you have a, a conference call that you're in the thick of as well, so we're going to uh, deal with your insights fairly early on here so you can get back to that. But see, you're you're a wanted woman. What can we say? Uh, well, it is Passover time, and so, you know, we all have to stay on point yes, at, yes. at Passover. Yes. <laughs> so, Elaine Haynes, good to have you with us as well. I'm going to uh, I invite both of you to listen to a, a clip that was recently presented by Chuck Pierce. Uh, 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 how are you doing, Elaine? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm, it's an honor. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's a so uh, we're probably going to have a few more callers in on this segment, but I want to start out, Billy and Elaine, with playing a pre-recorded clip from Chuck Pierce. Chuck Pierce and Dutch Sheets, two prophetic voices in, in the United States and the world, were in San Diego a few months ago, and they were declaring things about this season into which we fall right now. And uh, particularly with this virus and other things going on, I think it is really appropriate to visit some things that uh, Chuck Pierce and Dutch Sheets have uh, recently recorded. Uh, Dutch Sheets just Dutch Sheets just began, began a, a podcast called Conversation with Dutch, and one of the first shows that he did was bringing back Chuck Pierce and talking about things that have been prophesied over uh, the United States and elsewhere. So, Billy and Elaine, I'm going to start out with playing that. It's about a minute, 35 seconds, and have you give insights on that and any other Resurrection Weekend insights as we move forward. Are you game for that, Billy? Are you game for that, Elaine? Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay, here is Chuck Pierce in a pre-recording speaking about things in today and also tomorrow. Chuck Pierce. He said, it's this Passover that my people will have to understand Passover and move across and enter into a new dimension of understanding the power of my blood because they will experience Passover this year. Wow. I had to sort of step back and say, well, what in the world is going to happen with that? So when I saw this culminating coming out of Wuhan, China, uh, I knew right then that uh, this is really the Passover where the economic system of the world gets realigned. 
the Lord went on to say this, that until a move of God, he was watching how the nation would receive a move of his spirit in a new way. And the Lord said how a nation chooses to uh, uh, enter into a new move of my spirit is how I will stop the destruction that's coming against them. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and pray, God can stop it. So I, I believe this Passover becomes the most turning point in history for the next move of God. And this virus will start shifting after Passover. We have a shot to make America be what it's supposed to be starting this Passover. Did you hear that, my listening friend? We have an opportunity for Passover to do what is intended to do and was intended to do from the very beginning when the children of Israel left the plagues of Egypt and God showed himself mightily to them and through them. Billy Alexander, Elaine, thoughts? We'll start with you, Billy. Wow. You know, I was at that meeting when Chuck was prophesying that. You don't really hear it like it. It, it has come like a bombshell now because it's so true. And, um, you know, uh, Kaz, what is so remarkable about Passover, we're always instructed to put yourself into the Passover story as if you were there. And so that's what <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> And that's what Satan does. You get into it. And so this year, no one has, no one could ever foretell that it would be not only the church, but the world as well would be, uh, you know, uh, isolated in their homes like they were on Passover night and, uh, and um, have the opportunity there's such a, a an amazing goodness of God in this that we have the opportunity. Um, a lot of people are 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 thinking about the resurrection in Jesus. That maybe they that's the only time they think about it is around quote Easter time. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know it's like they're forced almost now to think about it. And because they are, God's giving great opportunity. His goodness and his mercy is being manifested to and through a church. And we are listening and hearing that we are part of this story. And we're applying the blood of Jesus like we never Uh have the the lamb to our homes and to our hearts. And, um, you know, the destroying angel that that was set up to destroy if the blood wasn't on the doorpost. I mean, this virus and this plague... I mean, it's probably going to be something like we will see in the last days more of. We have to know, like Chuck said, we have to have experiential understanding 
of the blood of the Lamb. And I believe we're getting that. I think the last three weeks has been supernatural to know that. And yes, people yes. are receiving and taking communion every single day. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, everybody I know personally are, is taking that the communion of the with the Lord every single day, and it's becoming so intimate. Yes, yes. With Billy Alexander. I don't want to take Elaine's uh, Yeah, we want to give away. Elaine some time. I know you want to go back to your conference call. No, it's so, okay. I've got some time. Okay. Well, I want to get Elaine in here. I know that the phone yeah. lines are active, too, so we have, it looks okay. like, an Ar- Arnie on the phone, too. I'm going to carry Arnie the, uh, for the, into the next segment. But, uh, Elaine, okay. uh, insights, we only have like a, a, a minute or two. I'm so sorry. I knew this was going to happen because there's so much to, to discover and, and uh, give insights to. But <clears throat> your thought, Elaine Haynes. Yeah, I just I wanted to actually share something that the Lord gave me um, right when this thing started. And it ties in with, yes, Carrie and I and everybody we know, too, Billy, have been taking communion every day and seeing this this symbolism of what we're in. Actually, actually, we're in it. But what God gave me um, coming from Hebrews 12, 27 through 29, about things that are being shaken, because what is going to be, remain is what's of God, what's of him, what's of yeah. his kingdom. So this is what he gave me. Stay in faith, and inpouring will bring forth an outpouring. Many are in fear right now, but God is doing a mighty work in our midst. All over the world, there's movement building that's going to cause the greatest revival ever seen. Because in this time of forced quiet, with all our familiar comforts removed, Holy Spirit is moving mightily. He is revealing the Lord and speaking personally and privately to individuals all over the world, moving among the nations, bringing forth dreams, visions, the deep and hidden things of God. They're being revealed, the mysteries. Our fears and idols are being exposed and removed as God's saving power comes in like a flood when we're naked and bare before him, broken. And in our desperation, the loving Father that he is rushes in to save, heal, deliver, and comfort in ways many have never known because we are quieted before him. And now our ears are open to his still small voice. Rejoice for the time is at hand for the kingdom to come forth as never seen before. There's a great upheaval of all the world structures where we held false security and the only true security in the hand of God is being made known. He is being seen as the one upon the throne. Watch and see the holy and righteous one. Watch as the restructuring takes place in every sphere, every mountain of influence. The people of God are being strengthened in their inner man as never before. No longer running from place to place looking to get that immortal that satisfies for a brief time. Now they're gleaning the field of his limitless supply for themselves. A never-ending source of satisfaction, the bread of life, the living water that comes from his presence <laughs> and his word. My, when my. this thing is over, we're going to come forth into the highways and byways. There will be an outpouring from d- deep wells to feed the hungry, heal the sick, cast out demons, and save the souls of the lost. Uh-huh. The presence of the Lord will move as never before from this time of turmoil. From my, this my. inpouring of His Spirit will come forth the greatest outpouring ever, ever seen, and no man or group will get the credit for God. We'll get all the glory. Amen. 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 Elaine Haynes, uh, Billy Alexander, I'm running out of time here in this segment, but both of you, you know, you need about five five hours of airtime to be able to communicate (laughs) things on your heart. But we're running out of time in this segment, but I thank you both for being with me on this very first pivotal uh, opening segment of Come Together San Diego. And my friends, we're going to be back in just a moment, but at the end of the show, uh, we talked about Dutch Sheets and his a program called Conversations with Dutch, from which this Chuck Pierce pre-recording happened. At the end of the show, I'm going to bring um, Dutch Sheets on to give some other insights. My friend, I'm out of time into this segment. So into the next segment, we have the open phone lines again. Once again, one 
1-866-CAPE-RAISE, 1-866-CAPE-RAISE. And the phones are active now, so not only people are going to say what's going on in their lives in t- tied to the quarantine, but also what's going on in their lives in this resurrection weekend. I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And I am back, and the phones are uh, blowing up on me here, and that's wonderful. And I want to set the stage for this segment. By the way, we've opened the phone lines, one eight six six k praise one eight six six k praise And I know we have Arnold carrying over from the previous uh, segment, so hang in there, Arnold. I'll be right with you. I want to introduce first, to set the stage for this segment, uh, a man who many of you know, if you listen uh, to our sister station called The Answer, uh, AM 1170 KSBQ. His name is Bob Siegel, and he has a Bob Siegel show uh, on Sundays, and he has great insights on things that are going on in the world, and he has some insights about this coronavirus as well. Bob, how you doing? Yes, it's always a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you on as well. And I was uh, stricken by your reports that you've been giving. You know, a lot of the news is all negative stuff, and you've been making conscious efforts to give positive insights on what's going on in defeat of the, or in the light of the coronavirus. Now, you as a radio guy know very little time in this segment because uh, of... uh, restraints and commercial breaks and things like that. But could you give me and our listeners an overview of some of the good news that's tied to this? Yes. First of all, just to cut to the bone, if you want the Reader's Digest version of what's going on, why is it politically correct to emphasize the deadliness of COVID-19 above any other current virus? Answer, Trump caused it. Why is it politically incorrect to emphasize the promising results of hydrochloroquine, oh, hydrochloroquine, who can pronounce that thing? Anyway, the answer is Trump likes it. That's the drug. I had it phonetically written out here, and I'm still having trouble pronouncing that thing. And I knew I knew, I, I knew I might, the, the, the name of the drug might have to come up, so I said Bob could handle that. <laughs> yeah, I can. There you go. Uh, very quickly, I, the overview I on some of the positive news, uh, Bob Siegel. There it is. Hydroxychloroquine. I wanted to say it right at least once. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Emmett Oz, a cardiac surgeon, he's been all over Fox News. Let me start with his statistics. Yes. He's been on top of this, and he's been on top of that special drug that I'm not going to try to pronounce again because that would just be foolish. 50% 50 of the people, he says, that we believe had COVID-19 have no symptoms, don't even know they're sick. Of the remaining people, 40% of them have pretty minor illnesses. Then the next 10% end up going to the hospital. Of them, a quarter go to the ICU. Of them, about half get intubated. He says that's the group we have to worry about. But isn't that interesting? Now, you hardly ever hear that anywhere. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, some of the reports coming out, they focus on the negative, this many deaths, this many deaths. But uh, you have been doing some statistics on uh, on, the other side of the equation. Just quickly, uh, Bob. I'm just bothered that they list the deaths in the the cases and they never list the recoveries. Yes. As of today, as of 3 o'clock, and it's probably gone up since 3, as of today, April 10th, 27,000. 
239 people have recovered. That is up <laughs> about 2,000 from yesterday. Yesterday it was 25,125. I first did this on April the 1st. Now you can find this stuff. You can go to World Meter. It's just that you're not seeing it in the news. And I had to search for it before I found some places where you could find it. Yes. And when you know where they are, they're easy. When I first reported this on April the 1st, and that was only 10 days ago, I said 7,000 people. Now, why can't they post data like that next to the new cases and new deaths every day? Because it doesn't sell uh, subscriptions. It doesn't sell viewers or listeners. And that's that's the main reason why. It's a political issue and a, and a, and a bottom line issue. Bob Siegel, I, I wanted to use your insights here so that we can set the stage for the other people that are hanging on on the line. And my segment is going swiftly. So Bob Siegel and Bob Siegel show on Sundays. It's called The Answer on 1170 a.m. And uh, you need to check it out. And he has a great wisdom. Bob Siegel, thanks for joining us on the first part of this segment. Thank you, Kaz. It's a pleasure. Okay, uh, now I wanted to use Bob's report to set the stage for a couple of people that are hanging on the line right now. And uh, Bob has disconnected from us. So I want to bring on Arnie and it looks like Margie. I'll bring them both on at the same time and we'll just have a three-way chat. Arnie, uh, thank you for being patient and waiting here. What insights do you have? And then... And so, uh, Marge, let me start with um, Margie. Okay, Margie, let me start with you. Hello. Good evening, Kat. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Um, I noted first that Billy and Elaine spoke what all my friends who have been praying and praying and were tucked away in our homes but were connecting via Zoom have been doing. We've been um, reading the Word, praying, and um, just taking communion every day. Um, Billy talked about applying the blood yes. to the doors, and I, that's what happened the very first Passover. But where did they get that blood from? They got it from the lamb. And um, then Elaine talked about communion. What does communion represent? It represents the body and the blood of the lamb. Yes, yes. And, 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 and Margie, now, I, I, I'm going to let you make your point here, but I, I had lost Arnie, but he's now back. I'm going to incor- in, incorporate him on, okay. on the call as well. Hello, Arnie. Uh, thank you for joining me. Sorry we lost you. And Margie is just about ready to make a blistering, heartfelt point. And then I have a little bit of time for your insight as well, Arnie. Good to have you, Arnie. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Margie, go ahead. The point is, is as believers, we have the blood of the Lamb running in us. We are temples for the Lamb. And so um, Psalm 91 has been a key mark of this time. And we have, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We've all been sheltering in place. And then it talks about... Um, the pestilence and the plague, that no pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday will come near us. For those who have had someone die, we we have to just trust and pray. God does have an answer. We don't have all the answers, but we know to go to Him and that we can trust Him. Yes. So I just would lift up encouragement to you. This is a time of shaking. We want to be shaken loose of all the things that don't last, according to Hebrews 12, and He's going to leave us an unshakable kingdom. <laughs> thank you, Margie. You're remarkable. Arnie, thoughts? And Margie, thank you so much for calling, and I appreciate this word of wisdom. Arnie, what do you think? Yes. Uh, I'm thankful and honored, uh, Kat, to say a few words. 
Um, well, back in 2016, I was uh, at the Bethel Chapel at 3 in the morning because it was open 24-7, and I was praying to receive the, from the Lord something. And on the way home, uh, near Fresno, he downloaded on me. And so um, uh, this just so happened uh, a month ago I had to give my sermon because I'm taking the School of Supernatural Ministry from Bethel at Lamplight Revival Center. And so I, uh, the Lord said, do it on this. And it was the Amalekites. And I want to tell you that when is, uh, Egypt, uh, Israel left Egypt, the first nation to attack Egypt, uh, Israel, Israel was the Amalekites. Yes. When they were at their weakest, they, he attacked them from behind, the weak, the feeble. You can say the elderly, those with underlying conditions. Because oh it's a spiritual attack now, right? But the way Moses handled it and the way Josephus, a first century uh, theologian, puts it, this is the epic battle that set the stage for all the other battles, which was Moses raised his hand on top of the hill with the staff <laughs> of God in there. Okay, which represents to me what the Lord showed me was Jesus on the cross because oh. Moses was all day without eating. He was fasting and worshiping God and he needed help. So it was a community because the man of faith couldn't do it by himself. This is a, a formidable foe. So here was Aaron and her to help hold Aaron, uh, uh, Moses' hand steady. So, uh, uh, and it says in Deuteronomy twenty-five seventeen, there will be continual war with the Amalekites from generation to generation. So, dear Christians, we can't let up ever. We have to continue to pray until Jesus comes back. Oh my! Just keep on, yeah, yeah, intercessing. But the Lord gave me this today when uh, after I had texted you, and uh, He gave me. Now I know all around the world. All the churches are closed, even the Vatican. This is so epic. This is unbelievable. But so the Lord gave me this right away. Uh, um, he said uh, in, in John four twelve and uh, four twenty one. John four twenty one. The woman, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship what ye know not. We worship what we know, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the spirit, and they must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'm just thinking, there's a lot of other people that are uh, Catholics, Presbyterians, Methodists, uh, uh, um, Protestants, that maybe don't have the spirit in them yet, and they're fearful because they can't get together. But we have this scripture that says we can worship God in spirit and, and in, in truth. truth. Ooh, wow, that's fantastic! And uh, Arnie, I appreciate your insight, and I think that your your perspective from the Amalekites—they attacked the elderly and the and the feeble, and uh, that was inappropriate. And God raised His hand against the Amalekites as a result of that. And Arnie, I'm I'm so appreciative. And Margie, I don't know whether you're still on the line as well, but uh, thank you both for calling in and giving your insights. Uh, we're going to keep the phone lines open at one eight. Six six K praise. It's time for us to take a break. We're going to talk more with other people that are calling in and have a few surprises. One of them deals with actually two of them deal with Donald Trump as time allows. You're going to love it. And uh, we'll be right back. 
You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Joel Lieberman from Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation. Lord, we just do lift up the entire region of San Diego from Vista to Chula Vista. Lord, it says in the Psalms, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. We pray a spirit of unity over our city. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, amen. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends, and happy Resurrection Weekend. He has risen, and that's good news for everybody, bad news for coronavirus. <laughs> well, the phone lines have blown up, and so I've got three people holding online, Linda and John and Kevin. So I've got maybe two minutes for each of you, and I'm going to start with Linda and give us your insights. We have an opportunity. You can talk about the quarantine, or you can talk about Resurrection Weekend and insights there. Linda, lay it on us. Thank you, Kaz. Um, I hope it's okay, but I have a prayer. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, Father God, we have suddenly been turned upside down in our lives. So quickly, things that we took for granted have changed. We know that you have plans that likely are not what our plans would be. Help us, Lord, to flow with you every step of the way and draw closer to you. Being sequestered, as difficult as it is, is an excellent time to be with you, meditating on your matchless word and just hanging out with you, waiting to hear what you have to say. In the past, it seems like we didn't have much time to spend with you as we wanted. But now, time is on our side. We ask you, Father, to help us grow in you and have a closer relationship with you that we couldn't even imagine was possible. Help us make lemonade out of the lemony circumstances (laughs) we have been faced with and have been living with for the past month. Bring us peace, comfort, and your joy that the Word says will strengthen us and get us through the days ahead. We are so grateful and privileged to have you in our lives, and we don't ever take it for granted. That's right. Tomorrow will be a very different Resurrection Day, but we will rejoice and be glad in it as never before when we live stream or use other means to celebrate you, Jesus. Be glorified, our precious King Jesus, and it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Linda, thank you so much for your call, and thank this. what an inspiration. Uh, I, I I think you're a remarkable lady, and thank you for praying a targeted prayer. Linda, thanks for calling, my friend. Now thank we, you so much. It's a pleasure, Linda. Uh, we have a John on the line. Hello, John. How you doing? Hey, he is risen indeed, <laughs> Brother Kaz. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We ha- also have a Kevin on the line, too, so hang with us, Kevin. John, lay it on us. you got a couple minutes. Super. Well, a couple quick things. The, the thing that sucks me the most of this time uh, we're going through is it's putting us in the church in particular— in the place of actually walking the talk, being the body of Christ, just not showing up at a building and saying, hey, I love you, bless your brother, but really being the body of Christ. Uh, for me, I keep going to the book of James, you know, and, and w- faith without works is pretty much useless. Yes, yes. And so what we've, I've had one guy inspired me. He, he egged and toilet papered his neighbor's house. He put a dozen eggs 
and two rolls of toilet paper with a note of encouragement on their front porch. <laughs> doing, yeah, doing the work of God. And now, you know, and you'll, I believe you know that I'm, I'm also a teacher. We're going back to public school in the next week or so. And to being able to take this to a whole new level and be able to say, wow, how has this impacted you young people? And where is it in you? And for us as, as teachers, for people who are working this, maybe, maybe I can't share the gospel in the same way, but by your actions, by your words, by what you do, you're sharing Jesus Christ all the time. Oh my. So I'm encouraged. Yes. Uh, it's an interesting time. One thing I am doing, I am praying for all of my introvert friends because they don't know how this works. You know, they're loving this far too much. And all my extrovert friends, sorry. <laughs> John, thank you for the call. And this is going to live in my mind for a long time. When you want an egg and toilet paper, somebody leave a dozen eggs and a couple rolls of uh, toilet paper. That is remarkable. John, thank you for the great insights. Uh, levity, levity. I love that. Hey, uh, I, I, thanks, John, uh, for joining us on this call. Now we have Kevin on the line, and I would like to invite Kevin to say a word or two. We got a couple minutes here in this segment, so uh, lay it on us. Kevin, is this Pastor hey, Kevin, by the way? Yes, sir. How are you doing today, man? It's Fine. Great to see you. Appreciate your, your work in the Lord. I just really called in to leave John my address so he could egg and paper my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, I really want to just, Heather, Heather's with me, and, and we've been pastoring a long time, and uh, we were 20 years overseas, and, you know, what's going on in America is going on in Central America, Nicaragua, and we were in Ireland for 15 years as well. It's going on in Ireland. Uh, it, all over the world, there's a forced Passover, and I believe that God is having his way, and that when we come out of this, um, just like the, the, the original Passover, they came out of their houses, that when they walked out of that the broken structure then of Egypt and that whole system they were enslaved to, they walked out with the silver and the gold, and there was healing power in the camp. And oh, I, I just... I'm looking forward to what God does. And, you know, I uh, just wanted to point out as well that, that, that Passover wasn't the point. Uh, the point was the promised land, but they had to get delivered from Egypt and the system of Egypt, the bondage of Egypt, the Pharaoh of Egypt, so that they could get on their journey. But I believe, and I've heard of a lot of great prophetic stuff, that, uh, you know, that, that the next 50 days to Pentecost, that the journey, it's important that we, pr- that we keep pressing, that we not think, oh, we, we, you know, we got out of this. But, no, we're going somewhere. Yes. Church, and we need to keep that in mind. Heather, yes, yes. So uh, Heather, he- Kevin and Heather Sanford, pastors in San Diego County and beyond. So Heather, what word of encouragement do you have? You got about, I'm sorry about that, but about 60 seconds. But you're a fast talker. Okay. I know you. Okay, praise God. I want to send out a clarion call to all of the intercessors. The Lord has just made the world very small. And I have seen such global impact in prayer right now on a level I have never seen it before. And it's time for the intercessors to wake up, to pull together, and to begin to pray for the church internationally to wake up for the um, division to melt away and for us to really begin to press. Paul got to a point in his ministry where he said, I will only teach Christ and Christ crucified. And that is what unifies us. And so I believe if all the intercessors will join together, we'll begin to pray. The church will begin to have a real heartbeat again globally. Uh-huh. And it will wake up. In yes, Jesus yes. Name. Okay, Kevin and Heather Sanford, remarkable people. Um, tell what's the name of your church, and just a quick uh, uh, shout out. 
Well, we're not really pastoring right now. We're both uh, doing a master's program, and I'm a chaplain for the hospice. Okay. Very good. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys giving us the insight, and I know you well enough to know you guys are burgeoning with Holy Spirit. So you get near them, especially when the quarantine is over, and uh, you walk really closer than six feet, and both of them will slosh all over you. <laughs> Kevin and well, Heather Sanford, thank you very much for joining us on this call, and uh, God bless you guys mightily. C- catch you on the flip-flop. <laughs> okay, sir. My listening friend, what what a thrill. What a thrill. You know, God is in the thick of this, and God's kids can have a little bit different point of view than the anxiety that is stirring in many lives right now. And not only do you have the opportunity to circumvent that anxiety, but you have an opportunity to egg and toilet paper <laughs> somebody else's home in a, in a very spiritual way. You can give your heart cry to them a a confidence or you can give if they need something make yourself available to do that (laughs) oh my 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 what a remarkable time i think we have phone lines uh, open i'll give you the phone number one more time that's 1-866-K-PRAISE 1-866-K-PRAISE in the next segment we're going to pay off what we heard about chuck pierce uh in the first segment of this hour and we're going to pay that off and if we have time with uh intermingling callers as well we may have a word from none other than our own president of the United States, Donald Trump. So I will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. My goodness, I'm so thrilled with so many people uh, catching the phone lines and giving us a call. I've got uh, two people I would like to get to, plus a couple interview-related things that are pre-taped that are going to really set the stage for your heart for this Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we have Alex and Earl with us, and uh, I'm going to take Alex to, to uh, first because he just called in, and I want to make sure we give him just a little bit of time. And uh, Alex, we've got about a minute for you. Can you uh, extrapolate what you have to say in about a minute? One minute, absolutely, Kaz. Now 58 seconds. <laughs> just joking. Oh, gosh, 58 seconds. So I, I'm just I'm just now tuning in, so please forgive me if this is stuff that's already been said. If nothing else, sure. then it should be confirming for people that are listening. But the thing that I'm getting, Kaz, is take, take precautions, but there really is no reason to freak out. Right. Uh, the story that comes to my mind are the, the spies that were sent out to the promised land. Ten came back with... Uh, a report that sent everybody into a frenzy. Two came back with, uh, you know, with a good report. They were 100% right. Joshua and Caleb did not, they weren't denying that that giants were not in the promised land. They weren't saying it was a hoax or anything like that, but they were focusing on the promises of the Lord. And the thing about the spies that came back with a bad report, they weren't lying about what they saw. What they saw was was real, but they they got off the promises of God, that's where they missed it. So for us, that's just the thing that I keep hearing is just take precautions, wash your hands, do what you need to do, but you don't need to freak out. Oh, man, Alex, what a wise word. And my friends, the Lord is in the mix, so uh, he knows how to take out the bad guys. Thank you, Alex. Now, I want to bring on Earl. Are you there, Earl? I am, Kaz. How are you? It's a pleasure. Earl Clampett is a minister. He has a ministry called Simple Truth Ministries, and he's actually the one who stirred up uh, many of these recordings that you're going to be hearing. Uh, We're going to spend a little bit of time on an audio from Dutch Sheets 
And uh, he began a podcast called Conversation with Dutch, and it was really tied to his insights with uh, Chuck Pierce. We played Chuck Pierce at the top of this hour. So I wanted to have Earl here as we play this next portion and uh, give you a little bit of opportunity, Earl, because time is fleeting, I'm sorry to say. But uh, we're going to play the minute 45 uh, response by Chuck, uh, by uh, Dutch Sheets and uh, then have you give some insights regarding that. And then I want to see if I have just enough time to play the prayer that Donald Trump prayed over this nation. So uh, are you ready, Earl, to listen and respond? Go, Kaz, go. Okay, I'm going. Let me just uh, make a few comments to wrap this up, summarize a few things that Chuck has said, and add some of my thoughts. So whether or not a nation turns to the Lord in this time of crisis and, and, and submits to him and his dealings and his principles and his word uh, will determine how much he is allowed to do in redeeming. Uh, God is not into judgment. God is into redemption. He takes no pleasure in the judgment of the wicked. His heart is always to redeem. The shift that we are experiencing as a nation is, is very tormenting to the enemy. We've had 60, 70 years of evil momentum of moving us away from our Christian roots and our destiny as a nation. And that is being interrupted in a significant way. And the enemy is angry, very, very angry. But so the warfare will continue. And especially in an election year, the warfare will, will continue. But God is not at the mercy of that. He is just going to keep using the prayers of the church to turn the nation back to him. Keep praying. Don't be distracted by this virus and just turn toward yourself personally. Keep your focus also on the nation and the nations. Keep calling forth awakening, revival, the purposes of God, the kingdom of God into the nation, his will, his kingdom will being done. Keep calling that forth. This is, in some way or another, a launch point for the greatest outpouring, harvest of, of souls and outpouring of Holy Spirit in the history of the world. My, my, my. Dutch Sheets, uh, and he is a prophetic voice in the United States and beyond, and he's got a podcast called Conversation with Dutch, and... Uh, I, I, this is something that you turned me on to, Earl, so I, we had to present this now. So quick thoughts on this, uh, Earl Clampett of Simple Truth Ministries. Kaz, three things. Exodus 19.3, on eagle's wings, God is telling the children of Israel that he is bringing them back to him. It's The main goal wasn't the promised land. The whole idea of God rescuing his people from Goshen out of that corrupt society of Egypt was to bring his children back to him after 430 years. Yes. That's what he wants to do with our nation right now. We are, we are uh, shelled up in our homes and we are ensconced just like the same Passover era. And, and what the Lord is saying is um, you're all praying nation for normalcy. I want to get back to normalcy. And the, and the Father's heart right now is saying, what is your normalcy, church? <laughs> what is your normalcy? Do you want to go back to the, to the Egyptian gods that I, that I conquered in uh, Exodus 12, 12? He, he knocked over, not, he, not over the, uh, just the society, 
but the actual gods that they represented. Who are our gods, the Lord is asking? Are, are our gods basically um, screens that we stare at all day <clears> as opposed to praising them? Who are our gods, Kaz, um, where we, we want to be entertained and instantly gratified? And the Lord's saying, what normalcy do you want to go back to? And lastly, third, third point, uh, Exodus twelve forty one. The army and the divisions went out with the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, when they left Egypt. Now, that's an amazing statement. The armies and the divisions. What armies? What divisions? Were they talking about the former slaves? No. They were talking about the angelic oh, army and the host that my, covered my. them. Now, here, here's the point. If you go and leave Egypt and then you decide, no, I want my normalcy and go back the way I was barely talking to God, not plugged in. He's saying there is no more angelic army to protect you if you go back to Egypt. Oh, my, my. Understand that. That's heavy duty. It's very heavy duty. We can't go back to normalcy, Kaz. We have to push on where the Lord has taken us back to Him. Yes, yes. Earl Clampett, thank you so much, my friend. We have just a little bit of time. I'm going to end the show with a prayer that Donald Trump is praying, has prayed over this nation, uh, uh, asking God to bless uh, uh, this nation and also his appreciation for the death, burial, and resurrection of his Lord and Savior and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Earl, thank you for joining us. I'm going to play pieces of this uh, 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 prayer from Donald Trump that he delivered a day or so ago in light of the Easter Sunday weekend, and that's, oh, right now. So here's Donald Trump as we come close to concluding this Come Together San Diego show. Christians from all around the world remember the suffering and death upon the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. At Easter Sunday, we will celebrate his glorious resurrection. At this holy time, our nation is engaged in a battle like never before, the invisible enemy. Our brave doctors, nurses, and responders, first responders, responders of all, are fighting to save lives. Our workers are racing to deliver critical medical supplies. Our best scientists are working around the clock to develop life-saving therapeutics, and I think they're doing really well in doing so. Our people are making tremendous sacrifices to end this pandemic. Though we will not be able to gather together with one another as we normally would on Easter, we can use the sacred time to focus on prayer, reflection, and growing in our personal relationship with God, so important. I ask all Americans to pray that God will heal our nation, to bring comfort to those who are grieving, to give strength to the doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers, to restore health to the sick, and to renew the hope in every person who is suffering. Our nation will come through like never before. My friends, there's Donald Trump uh, and praying over and speaking into this nation. We need to pray for him often uh, because God is in the thick of doing things. And Donald Trump is one of the guys he's chosen to voice his heart. And he's chosen you as well, my friend. We're out of time. Got to go. But my friend, have a great Resurrection Sunday weekend and trust God to do mighty things even in the midst of this coronavirus because he's bigger than that. And uh, so we entrust God to embrace you in special ways. He doesn't have that six-foot restriction. (laughs) My listening friend, see you next week. 
Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.